welcome to the Nuggets of Truth podcast. I'm Rebecca Bush, and I'm here with my mom, Ann Farnham, each week to talk about the truth in God's Word and how to apply it to our lives. In Hebrews 4.12, we read that the Word of God is alive and powerful. Not only is the Bible powerful, but it's full of nuggets of truth. Nuggets that help us have lives characterized by good fruit. As we share stories and end with an encouraging word from Scripture for your week, it's our hope that you will leave feeling full of courage and wisdom as you walk in God's truth. In today's episode, we are going to talk about pickpockets. If you've ever been to a big city, you may have encountered a pickpocket or two looking to steal your iPhone, iPad, money, backpack, or passport. Paul tells us in 1 Peter 5.8 that we have an enemy that wants to steal from us as well. Join us today as we talk about how being aware of our enemy helps us be armed against him. Hey friends, we are back. Yeah, we are. Here we are. (laughs) We are excited to be recording our third episode together and we are in a new location. Yes, we are. We're in the boys' walk-in closet at my house, which is also where they play all their Legos. Yes. <laughs> so hopefully we won't get distracted and start playing Legos That's right. here. We could be playing Star Wars or yeah. Mario. Who knows Whatever. What. <laughs> <laughs> um, we wanted to make sure we let y'all know that we are on Instagram and on Facebook. We're at Nuggets of Truth Podcast. Um, so you want to be sure to follow us at both those places if you're on either of those so you don't miss anything. Yeah. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So um, today, before we get started, we kind of just wanted to chat a little bit. And mom, you and dad, a couple years ago, actually, it's been quite a while now, mm-hmm. now that I think about mm-hmm. it, um, made a huge move. Where yeah. did y'all go? Yeah. So we moved to Paris, France, and we landed uh, directly in the very center of Paris in the 6th arrondissement, right between the 5th and the 6th. And uh, really about two and a half blocks from Notre Dame. That's so cool. What brought y'all to Paris? Um, My husband's job. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, while you were there, you did some pretty cool things, Mm -hmm. right? Tell us about some of them. Well, we did an awful lot of traveling while we were there and just trying to figure out Paris and to find out about it. And uh, one thing, we had so many friends that came to visit over the year couple years that we were there that we gave so many tours and we learned to be quite excellent tour guides of course it took a while (laughs) while. we were like your first visit weren't we no you were actually maybe the second or third oh yeah thought Mm -hmm. I was special no um yeah well you are special but no (laughs) you weren't the first (laughs) yeah we got to go which was so fun Mm -hmm. and we toted Thomas around in a backpack um he was like a year and a half old, maybe or maybe a little yeah. less. Yeah. So that was a long flight over there, but it was awesome to yeah. um to be there and yeah. to visit. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. What um what did you do while dad was working while you were there? Well, that was kind of a concern for me because I, I love to teach and um Do you speak French? No. <laughs> Not very well. So that was a problem. In fact, every time I spoke French to anybody in Paris, they always broke out their English really quickly. Oh, so you're not from here. You're not from here. But um, I spent my time writing, and uh, I really love to write, and I decided to write a book. Um, The Lord put it on my heart, actually, um, about the emotional baggage that women carry 
and what the Bible says about it. And um, my book is called Pack Your Baggage, Honey, We're Moving to Paris. Um, and it was actually released uh, about a year ago, um, right during the beginning of the pandemic. Awesome. If people want to get your book, we can find it on Amazon. Yep. Uh, Barnes & Noble. Yep. And Christian books. Christian books, yeah. Or um, any place that books are sold, really, pretty yeah. much would have it online. So if you haven't gotten a copy, you should check it out. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I'd love that. So, Rebecca, you were there visiting. Yes. Tell me, what did you like most about being in Paris? Uh, well, I loved seeing all the sites that, you know, you read about or study in art history. Um, we went to the Louvre, which was cool. The Mona Lisa was totally underwhelming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's so small compared to so much of the other art they have there. Um, but an Eiffel Tower was amazing. Mm -hmm. Walking through the gardens, the Luxembourg gardens. Yeah. Um, but probably also eating some crepes. Oh, Yeah. In fact, friends, if you ever get to Paris um, and you're on the metro, get off at the Odeon station, go up to the street level, and there you'll find the best crepes uh, stand in all of Paris, according to me. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, yes, people. <laughs> yes, so uh, that definitely you should be doing that. What's so. your favorite kind of crepe? Um, Just for people who might visit. Fromage and hambon, which oh. is oh, cheese and ham. So. And if you like sweet ones, I really liked the Nutella. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know one thing we didn't talk about that's really delicious in Paris? What? Is, and something you really shouldn't miss is hot chocolate. Oh, Chocolate yeah. showed. We had it at the, where's the place where they have all the artists? Yeah, yeah, um, um, Montmartre. Yes. Yeah. I remember sitting in a little cafe there yeah. having hot chocolate. Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Did you meet um, any cool people while you were there? Yeah, you know, I got to meet a lot of friends, which was fun. Um, but the first friend that I had, I actually found on the internet. And uh, she and I became good friends. And she was a tremendous blessing to me because when I landed in Paris, I really didn't know anything about the metro or how to get around Paris or what to do. And so she offered very early uh, on to take me and show me the ropes. So she took me on a lesson, uh, getting me all the way across Paris, and then she made me get us all the way home. But she said, you know, showed me how to do the metro maps and how to buy the tickets. And she gave me a warning that really lasted me for two years while I was there. And that is she warned me about the pickpockets. What did she say about them? Well, she told me very much how cunning, <laughs> how cunning they can be and yeah. what they watch for, really. They watch for um, people who are distracted or burdened or unfit, really. Yeah. Yeah. You but, could easily be distracted, too, especially if you're not from the area and you look like you're confused or yeah. which stop. Or... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. So, you know, uh, Dad, my husband, yes. Tom, he was um, almost pickpocketed. Um, one day coming home from work, he got on and the, the metro car got more and more full each stop. And pretty People soon, yeah, they were like sardines, really just standing on end. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, he felt uh, some movement in his hips, and he realized that his iPhones were both in his either pocket, and they were moving. Oh so he goodness. put his hand down just in time to stop them from being thrust out of his pockets um, into a pickpocketer's hand. So, Wow. Yeah. Were you ever pickpocketed? I was not, but uh, friends near me or friends who came to visit me had close calls. Yeah. And I had a really dear friend who really had a hard day yeah. there. <laughs> 
Uh, Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, so he uh, he was pickpocketed first thing in the morning, and he had an idea of who did it. So he got a police officer and kind of pointed out who he thought had pickpocketed him. Yeah. And they t said, you have to come to this police station, which he did, and uh, was able to eventually get back his wallet without any euros or anything yeah. in it. Um, and he thought that was the end of the story, but it wasn't because later that day, after filling it back up with euros, it was pickpocketed <laughs> again. <laughs> oh, no. So it wasn't really his good day. No. Yeah. Oh, that would be the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. First Peter 5 8, Peter writes, Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You know, Mom, just like Carrie warned you, Peter is arming us with his warning. He's telling us that we need to be clear-headed, we need to be attentive, because the devil, our enemy, is roaming around and looking for an easy target. Pickpockets are also looking for an easy mark, but our enemy is on the prowl too, and so we have to make sure we're watching for that. Um, but thankfully, our enemy's days are numbered. They are numbered, yeah. You know, it's interesting. It says that Peter writes, be sober, be watchful, your adversary. Well, that word adversary actually is a legal term. And anywhere else that it's used in the New Testament, it's used as a legal term. And it actually means that he accuses us. Um, and he does it many, he's very cunning about it. Um, he tries to make you the defendant. And he tries to make himself the prosecutor. Mm. Um, and he'll use things like, uh, maybe you're not really saved. Maybe you're not really redeemed. Maybe you can't ever really change and sin is just the way you have to be. You know, what's interesting is that it kind of starts out like that, but then we start to believe those lies sometimes mm -hmm. and we start prosecuting ourselves in the same way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We do. Yeah. You know, um, there was a British theologian who was in the 1700s, and I wish I could re read this to you with this British, British accent, but you're just going to have to guess what it sounds like. You don't want to like. try? No. But here's what he said. He said... <laughs> You know, this is about the devil. He walks about. He has access to you everywhere. He knows your feelings and your propensities and informs himself of all your circumstances. Mm. Only God can know more about you than he does. Therefore, you must cast your care on God. And the truth is, our enemy can watch us. And he can see when we're at our worst. He can know what's the best mode of attack. You know, it says that he is a roaring lion. But here's the thing. It doesn't say he's an eating lion, mm. right? He's roaring, but yeah. he's not swallowing. He's not eating. You see, he can see our circumstances and our actions, and he's really seeking to devour. Now, devour is an interesting word. It's the word katapino in Greek, and it actually means to swallow. So when you say he's uh, seeking to devour, he's actually seeking to swallow you. Interesting. When we swallow something, it's gone. Yeah. Um, but as believers in Jesus, we know that the devil can't swallow us up. That's right. There's a vast difference between his desire to destroy us and what he can actually do to us. That's right. Absolutely. You know, I have found that um, a lot of times people who struggle with this, and we all do at times, um, they str struggle because they don't really understand what exactly happens as a person comes to Christ. Mm. And so um, I thought if you wouldn't mind, I'd just read you a little bit of a 
part of my book, um, just know it's a chapter knowing the enemy. And um, I think it's a help will help us understand exactly what happens to us when we come to Christ. And I'll just tell you this real quick, that it's an illustration and all illustrations break down somewhere. <laughs> and this is not foolproof, um, but it will help us to understand the power of bondage and sin. Okay. And, and what has been broken in our life. Great. So I'm going to read it to you. Recognizing the enemy's handiwork and understanding the enemy's modus operandi is essential to our standing firm. As a believer in Christ, you've been set free from bondage of sin, which means the devil no longer has direct access to you. I like to use the analogy of a hospital patient with an IV line attached. Before we come to Christ, we are like that patient. And the enemy has a direct line into our life. But when we come to Christ, the line is cut. And no longer does the enemy have direct access. Will we still sin? Oh, yes. But the cord of bondage has been permanently severed, never to be restored or reconnected. But now as a believer, we have a choice to make. We hold the world and all it has to offer in a cup in one hand and the word of God and the truths of God in a cup in the other. It's up to us what we'll drink from. The enemy no longer has direct access, but he can lob fiery arrows from the sideline. And if you are seeking to live fully for God, be assured the devil will lob those arrows every chance he gets. You know, we then have this this power that has been over us of mm-hmm. sin is mm-hmm. totally broken. Yeah. yeah. And that is so exciting. That's right. Um, today, let's remember that forearmed is forewarned. Let's be vigilant and clear-headed. Remember what Jesus did for us on the cross that changed everything about our situation. Yeah, in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty four, it says these words. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> you see, our enemy is seeking to devour. Remember that word, catapino? Yeah. Uh, to swallow. But Jesus victoriously swallowed. He actually did it. And that's the same word, catapino. Um, he swallowed death, and it is finished. It is. Yeah. Our enemy, you know, has a lot of bark. But he can't, for us, he has no real bite. If we know Jesus, we are hidden in him. So remember, Jesus swallowed death when he cried out, It is finished. Thanks for joining us on the Nuggets of Truth podcast. And we hope you feel encouraged this week to look into God's word for your own nuggets of truth.